0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Canadian PodCow. My name's Andrew Campbell, and I'm joined by my co-host and friend, Sarah Sash. Sarah, I feel like we're coming in hot on this. Three cups of coffee clearly brings me energy for a podcast episode.
1: Absolutely. It feels like it's been a while, and uh, yet we've been at this probably over a year now, and uh, still all
0: virtually. Still all virtually, but, and this may be why I'm also excited, is I booked my plane ticket today to be in Ottawa for the annual policy conference uh, that Dairy Farmers of Canada is putting on, and and you're going to be there too. And we're going to do episodes in person soon. And we're bringing the fam jam, so you're going to get to meet Gene in person. <laughs> Wait, Gene? Gene knows how to get on an airplane. <laughs> He's going to try it. We're going to. <laughs> This is like a big moment for the farm when both of you are coming to Ontario. Taking the children on a field trip to Ottawa well, and also so, a policy conference. Well, I was just going to say, so like how do the kids get along at an annual policy conference? Are they are they there to vote? How is this going to go? I think they're going to be in the pool. We're going ahead of time for a bit. We're going to tour around, do the things, go to
1: Parliament, you know, and uh, then for the policy conference, uh, I think they'll be in the pool, so...
0: Well, I know I'm going to be in the meeting room because we we share this uh, really popular um, opinion that policy is cool. So I'm actually really looking forward to it. Policy is cool and heifers are cool. (laughs) Well, heifers are cool too, because that is what we're actually talking about. And it comes out of the fact that, Sarah, like our last episode, if you remember, and if you, the listener, don't remember, you can always go to our podcast feed, but we were talking about, you know, secrets to profitable mouth, talked about cost controls, best management practices, quota management. Today, our speaker or our guest is Rodrigo Milano an expert in heifer management with Lactinet.
1: That's right, Andrew. To make a profit, any business, including dairy farms, must have a good understanding of what's going on, where the money's going, in and out, how, how things are happening. And uh, we thought we could keep exploring the topic a little more today and get more specific with a focus on my favorite part of the farm, heifer management.
0: Well, it's your favorite part, and it definitely is one that we, um, you know, maybe not my personal favorite, favorite part, but it's definitely you know a priority for us too because that good heifer management program is so essential to the future performance of the herd they're obviously the future milk cows but because there's such a big cost to raising those heifers just keeping those costs under control is so critical so we are going to talk how to think about heifer management to get more profitable coming right up on the canadian podcast Our guest has joined his scientific skills and his passion for nutrition to get a PhD at Cornell University on refining nutritional requirements of dairy calves and heifers. He joined Lactinet as a postdoc in October 2020. Uh, Rodrigo's interests focus on the integration and evaluation of biological and economical metrics that could reduce the rearing costs, maximize lifetime profitability, and ultimately keep us dairy farmers uh, profitable, and to be able to optimize that return on investment through the replacement program. Rodrigo Milano, welcome to the Canadian PodCow. This is the, exactly the conversation I want to have, Rodrigo.
2: <laughs> I'm happy to hear that, Andrew. Thank you for the introduction, and I'm um, yeah, so happy to to be here uh, to to see what, what we can discuss about this exciting topic uh, with you and Sarah. Happy to be here.
1: Well, it's great to have you with us, Rodrigo. So we might as well jump right in here. Talk to us about how you became interested in animal nutrition growth and development.
2: Well, how many hours do we have? Uh, I, I guess I'm trying to 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 condense that to uh, to a couple minutes. But yeah, well, well, I I have to confess that at the beginning, actually, before I was admitted to uh, my animal science program, I was all about genetics and brain technologies that was really booming at that time. However, as I uh, was advancing in my program. Nutrition and particularly ruminant nutrition completely cut my interest um, uh, because of its complexity and also its impact on the uh, animal performance and the day-to-day, uh, you know, practices on the farm. You know, uh, I figured that uh, you have to breed a cow a few times in her life only, but you have to feed her right every day. So uh, that that's why nutrition. And then uh, when I were, I got really involved in dairy production. Uh, I quickly realized that calf and heifer rearing was one of the biggest areas of opportunity uh, that we have as, in, as an industry. Um, you know, compared to other animal industries, let's take uh, swine or poultry, uh, I consider that uh, in dairy production, we don't pay as much attention to the rearing on, on the young stock, right? Uh, so um, before um, I decided to go to grad school, uh, uh, all the research on epigenetics and the effects of early nutrition and management on future production of uh, on, on dairy heifers was was also uh, being uh, uh, released so that kind of informs my interest in, in and reassures my my desire to keep contributing to that area with my research and and I ended up doing um, you know some 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 studies on uh, what are the, the nutrition that we really need to provide them in early and medium age so we can get the most of our heifers
0: well it's it's a great subject because i think as you mentioned uh you know before you know the heifers are that you know the heifer barn is almost the forgotten barn it's the one that we don't focus because they're not the ones paying the bills it's easy to focus on the milk cows um you know you kind of put them in the barn and you'll wait until they're old enough to breed and then you'll wait until they calf um, but I think the story of really what heifer management and what heifer inventory is today um, is really one of the subjects that you're going to be talking about. Is Lactonet's hosting the workshop series on heifer management? Uh, right. The specific series, the story behind your heifer inventory, which you know, I, I, I said this suits me because I think 12 months ago we kind of had that realization, like, whoa. We have too many heifers uh, kicking around the barn. We need to do something. You hear the stories. I know that's a sto- one of the stories, but there's lots of stories to go with heifer inventory. This can't be a one-size-fits-all approach, I'm guessing.
2: Correct. Yeah, ex- exactly. You're completely right. There's there is as many stories as there are farms. So uh, what we're trying to do in this um, uh, workshop series is to try to... Uh, uh, set the floor with, you know, touching some concepts and strategies are common to all farms. So what are your needs? What what, what parameters uh, you have to uh, take in account to to figure out your heifer number, etc. But also at the same time, open the discussion what looking and analyzing uh, data and comments for each participant's farms, you know. So uh, uh, there is an important component on... You know, participants bring in its own situation and questions. Sometimes I, I really don't have the answers or the other participants, but, you know, the other farmers, they do say, hey, uh, I've done this on that. So we're trying to just really uh, try some, some common ground for everyone and try to also have the chance to discuss and analyze what, what is the situation and how to approach it.
1: So as somebody who specializes uh, both in raising heifers on the farm and in paying the bills, (laughs) I think I can acknowledge that um, heifer raising is one of the biggest expenses for a dairy operation, I mean, aside from feeding milk cows. So do you know actually what the average cost in Canada of raising a heifer is?
2: yeah so b- before that I, I would also like to um you know remind everyone that th- this expense should be seen as a investment right but still it's a big expense it's it's it's, it's you know from the economical part it's an expense so we should consider it that wide and yeah there is a, a considerable amount of money and effort put on in us as you mentioned and you know based on the data we have uh, all, uh Mostly based on, on, on Quebec and some Ontario farms, um, the, the heifer being the second single spends uh, the greatest single expense uh, from dairy production. It's around 70% of the total production cost. In, put in dollars, uh, this means that producing a, a heifer uh, ready to enter the lactating herd costs around $4,300. Uh, at least in twenty twenty one i uh, w- we're starting to collect the, the data from from coming years, but uh, we expect that that will just uh you know keep uh, keep increasing so uh, i I don't know if that surprised the two of you but um, for the most part i've i've uh, could probably seen that that surprises most producers because um we don't really account for all the things that go into Rearing a heifer, so sometimes that that's that's a surprise. But again, uh, when you consider all the pieces and bits that, that that go into the process, that what it what it comes to.
0: Yeah, Rodrigo, I, I I just need a minute to catch my breath because $4,300 <laughs> per heifer <laughs> is definitely a higher number than what I was budgeting for. But, but I, I bet you part of that is, you know, I focus so much on, you know, that cost early on when it comes to milk and milk replacer and then feed. You probably don't account for as much as, you know, the barn costs and the labor costs and all of that going for. You know, that, you know, up to 24 months of age, um, I I mean, at the same time, you know, what where I'm thinking here is that, um, you know, one of the I don't want to use the word challenges, but for us, one of the benefits we've had is as we focus more on heifer more survive more are really healthy they come (laughs) out the other end (laughs) right um you know so so it it comes to that you know the importance of rearing the importance of focusing on that um you know when it comes to the sustainability and profitability on the dairy farm can you talk a little bit about that process right from day one till they're calving and the importance of that rearing process Sure, sure. So, uh, you know,
2: I was alluding before, and and as you mentioned, too, all what we can offer uh, to that heifer during all the rearing process should be seen as an investment. Uh, Of course, you could probably, as you said, add more colostrum, more milk, uh, better uh, environment, you know, better air quality. Yeah, that's that's an expense. But long term, what we will have is heifers that grow better. That survive more, and hopefully they don't get any 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 complication of healthy wise, uh, health wise during their their process. There's heifers that we can breed earlier because they've been they've been growing faster, so they they, they reach maturity much earlier also. And by the end, we we can have a, a heifer that can produce, you know, mature heifer that can produce. Uh, for a longer time, you know. So we we have in in a, in a big picture could could be that. So we can, in 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 the in the profitability side, we're trying to yeah make the right investments. Of course, we we cannot just pour mon- tons of money without thinking what are the probably the first priorities in our farm in our program to have that to have that heifer uh, produce that heifer sooner in a shorter uh, period of time and that ultimately will will produce more uh, to us uh, you know that there is been clear research on how uh, more nutrition more growth is translated in more production for longer uh, but also it's been shown that you know effects of that you don't want in your heifers like uh, reproduction uh, and, and problems with uh, health diarrhea uh, uh, pneumonia early on can really switch completely the pattern and, 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 and the performance of that heifer as a cow. Can prevent them to they have more risk of, of uh, uh, being called early on, etc. So that that's in a nutshell on the profitability side how, how it comes. And in in terms of the sustainability of farms, uh, something that we're also trying to discuss is the importance of the number of re- of heifers that we have. Uh, as you said, there's unattended consequences of that. You have a right now uh, a fewer number, the right number that you you need. So there is less overcrowding in your pants. So more space, better air quality, lower um, uh, incidence of disease, but at the same time, you have lower heifers getting in. And in our market, as Canadian market that we have, where we have a quota and a a top of production, then that means that if we are not producing more heifers that we need, we can keep our cows longer because if you have an, an extra heifer that you didn't really need, but she was born, and you didn't want to get, get rid of her, so you you keep her. You invested the same amount that the others, but at the end, you have to take a cow out because she's coming in, and that cow probably could have stayed six months, one year more, and could have paid herself uh, and, and bring rentability to to your farm. So in terms, you know, it's—, it's uh, it, Rearing is really an area that it's really intertwined with the rest and has longer impacts that could snowball for for you in a good or bad way. But um, I don't know, in a nutshell, I think that that's how I I will uh, remind the points that rearing have on the overall profitability and sustainability of the farms.
1: Well, I, th- I think you make a great point here that these, you know, when you say they're replacements, these are the future of your dairy herd. And the better that you can do with them, the better things are going to go for you. But in terms of the numbers, um, all you have to do is open up your annual report that just came in the mail from Lactinet and look at what yeah. it costs um, to re- for the animal to start paying back in the herd. And it's a pretty alarming number to some extent that it- basically she needs to arrive into her third lakh to have covered these costs that we're talking about. Correct. (laughs) Having animals that are surplus that you maybe have to sell at a price less than this um, in advance is also not beneficial to profitability for the farm. So there's really a lot that goes in there. It Pays to have the right number of heifers and to have those things be strong, solid animals that you want to have do well in your herd, well into their third lactation. So, what are the first things to consider? What would be the first question dairy farmers should ask themselves when they walk out into the barn and start to think, "Gee, maybe heifers is an area I should focus a little more of my time on."
2: Well, I think that the best, honestly, the best exercise. I mean, we have many, many indicators that we can see in the in the heifer area and the calf area. But I think overall, the first of question that uh, a dairy farm uh, farmer like you do, uh, could ask her on himself is whether their um, Heifer program is paying by himself. You know, if, if you're making money with your Heifer program, your Heifer program should be a Heifer enterprise that you should evaluate and see, hey, is uh, I'm, I'm getting back all the investments I'm, I'm making. Because once you ask yourself that, you can start asking, oh. How much am I putting into my heifers, right? And see, and and the second one is how much I'm getting from them. How many lactations I'm getting that, as you mentioned, Sarah, we need at least two and a half or three lactations to pay just the rearing cost. And after that, the, the cows are starting making money to us. So is that happening in your case? you know in average uh, as you know like the average uh, uh, herd we have our, we, we can we, we have heifers that come into 3 3.3 lactation so the margin is very low so i i think that the, the effort is to okay get better what we put during the rearing program get the right numbers of heifers. So I, I I make sure that I have high quality heifers, but in the right amount. And then that during that process, after they, they calf, for the first time, they, they can stay long enough to pay their replacement and make profit for the farm. So the, the big question is, is my heifer enterprise being profitable to me?
0: So then when you talk about your heifer enterprise being profitable, you know, over the last you know especially few years those inflation numbers uh are definitely going to take a bite well just when you talk about forty three hundred dollars raising a heifer that number has clearly jumped significantly over the last five years from what it was um yep. you know if i think about you know okay how can i do better at that how can i you know try to keep my costs low, I'm thinking, you know, maybe the inventory needs to adjust. Maybe I need to lower the cost of feed. Um, Maybe I need to get that heifer bred sooner. Like I'm thinking a whole bunch of ways that I can reduce costs. Is there one that's better than the other? Am I missing ones? Where does it come? um, You know, what are the priorities when it comes to trying to reduce those heifer enterprise costs?
2: Well, I think that, you know, the first thing is to measure what, what you, what you've done. Like, do establish, okay, what is my morbidity rate? My, uh, you know, there's different indicators, but uh, I, I will start with those. My mortality rate, uh, uh, my uh, complain, uh, compliance rate. So from from those, heirs, the, the, those heifers that are born, how many are really making it to first lactation, and from the, those that making for first lactation, how many are uh, getting into the second lactation, you know, and 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 say, okay, what are the proportions? We're, we're proposing some indicators. For example, uh, the 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 at least eighty-five percent of heifers that should really calf in the first lactation and get into the second lactation. So that will be a good one. Uh, the growth, for example, sometimes we we put, as you said, more milk, more colostrum. Are are we getting the growth that we're supposed to get? Right. My heifers, right? Uh, um, we're putting a lot of resources. Are the quality I'm expecting, right? So, uh, for example, we, we expect that at least 82% uh, that that the production during the first lactation is at least 82% of that of the mature cows, right? So uh, are we getting that? So uh, just asking, start asking yourself from what you put, because we, 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 have a lot, we, we make a lot of decision based on, oh, we should do that. We feel that we should do that. And I think this is uh, we've been uh, uh, making a lot of progress in terms of the, 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 the emphasis and the efforts we put on the rearing program. But at the, at the same time, is that working in your farm, right? And uh, as you mentioned, also more than the e- efforts to get a high-quality heifer and evaluate that is okay. My my heifer number sometimes it's, it was very easy to lose control for most of farmers, and that's why we're trying to emphasize that during this this uh, workshop series that the number of heifers because we have sex semen I and, and sometimes we we want a heifer from all our good cows and we love our cows and we take them. Most of them are good cows and we went, went to heifers from the, those cows. So, okay, it's good. But at, the same, uh, uh, at some point we have too many heifers that increase the cost of, of the total cost of reading. And then, uh, because we have too many getting into the, the the milking parlor we we have to get out of the cows that we first love and we wanted a heifer from so you know we we kind of are not synchronizing all the all the all the parts there so the numbers and the, the other part that I would like to 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 knowledge is again how, how to to get more knowledge about is the 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 how much those heifers are producing for you know like that, that that's important what is your the longevity you herd? how you can make those cows stay longer in your herd and make more profit. So I think those are some some indicators I, I will see. That there is many, but just I think that the, the the bottom line will, will be measure what you can measure, evaluate what you can evaluate. Now at Lactanet or you know your management and software, you, you already have some indicators that will help you and guide you what will be the first priorities on your herd. Uh in your herd, Andrew. Maybe there is some first things that you can do, whereas in SARAs, you you can do another thing. So it's really, you know, it's it's farm to farm basis that we we can we can analyze that. But the message is just take advantage of the of those indicators and analyze what is uh, the, the route that you can take in your farm.
1: Quite the balancing act, and like you say, yeah. different farm to farm. So there's no one solution here.
2: Correct. Yeah, it's it's a compliance balancing act, and and you know it, it, it's also for for the number, right? You don't have to. Have too many, as I've been saying, but also you you don't want to have too few because otherwise you have problems. You you have to make your the quota. Um, you have to make sure that you don't have uh, sick cows or cows are problem. So you you, you you want to have a good a good uh, number that will just support the right improvement of your herd, but that doesn't uh, really hurt your economy or the, your budgeting by having just feeding too many animals that yeah they're important but they are at the end a cost
0: well i'm looking forward to getting into some of the details of this balancing act but we've got to take a quick break lots more to talk about right after this
1: as a chef i like composting because it gives back to the earth hey aaron how do dairy farmers help protect the planet on my farm i compost manure this helps reduce the carbon footprint of milk production Plus, manure makes richer soil, which can help grow crops.
0: So it's like the circle of life.
1: Yeah, we're working towards a more sustainable future.
0: I'm in. Are you? I'm in. That's Dairy Farming Forward. Dairy Farmers of Canada, net zero by 2050.
1: And we're back with our guest, Rodrigo Milano, expert in heifer nutrition and management at Lactinet. Rodrigo, let's talk about genetics for a minute. How can dairy farmers improve management and genetics to optimize their rearing program? What should we be looking at when we're looking at at the future of our herd?
2: I think, again, uh, you know, I I can give a a really general uh, uh, direction on that. But that really comes to the farm, again, the specific objective that it has, Uh, you know, I don't know between you two your farms you may may have some uh, priority for increasing your water fat test or your fertility in, in, in the heifers, right? Or even like just the type, especially you have the two of you, you have robotic farms, so you may, you know, pay uh, a greater attention than other farms that doesn't have, uh, you know, uh, automatic milking systems, milking systems. To for for types, so that that really goes to first establish the objectives. You know, what in my farm, what is the biggest um, improvement I want to to do? Uh, I think butterfat. Regardless where you or what kind of milking system you have, it's a big one, so probably establish a criteria on that. And then just use the different indices. Uh, we, we have different ones in Canada. Uh, we have the, the pro dollar. We have uh, different others. But after that, help to classify your your, your cows um and then uh, probably use other more precise indexes uh, or uh, indicators for for that so again establish w- what is your priority uh, in- identify w- what indexes you're going to use and use that for both your heifers cows and the sires
0: but as we talked about rodrigo you know that it, it's great to have those priorities for the whole farm but to breed every cow maybe to that top bull, I mean, you know, for us has led to just too many heifers. Um, (laughs) So then when you start to blend in, um, you know, this inventory challenge with kind of the genetic progress you want, what are some breeding strategies that a farmer, um, you know, can, can think through or that you've just seen Um, You know, in the industry, I mean, in the break, we were kind of talking about how Sarah's breeding strategy on her farm is different than mine when it comes to breeding beef crosses, when it comes to sex semen, when it comes to conventional, what are some of the options that a farmer can think about?
2: yeah as as you were saying uh, you know uh, w- with the sex semen uh, w- we have probably an unattended consequences that is it, is great for genetic advancement you can get you can as- almost assure that you can get a replacement from that cow that heifer that you really want but at the same time we kind of lose control and then we we end up having too many heifers but at the same time we have other strategies like for example uh our beef semen right coming from beef breeds that can also you can also use in uh the probably the cows that are not the best of your herd and assure that you can not only have A replacement, so uh, or a heifer from that, so you don't have to decide where to keep it or not, because that is a hard decision to make. But also in addition, that you can uh, have a a calf that has a high value in the market, right? So instead of of getting 150 or 200 dollars for that, you can get 350, 400, depending on the market or depending where you are. So I think that that's using those 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 three sources of 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 semen, uh, female sex semen of dairy. A conventional dairy semen and um, uh, beef semen, even male sexed or just conventional beef semen, it's it's an important tool that could help us, as, as Sarah was saying before, uh, balancing that 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 act. Uh, in, in terms of the proportion, there is uh, farmers uh, so far that have seen that they have. Intermediate approaches, because, again, it's, sometimes it's hard when, when you're using sex semen to probably put semen in a heifer that in theory is one of the, you know, the, la de la of your, um, uh, you know, genetic pool. So they, they will use some proportion of sex semen conventional, and the bottom, let's say, 30 or 40% of uh, with, with your um, uh, beef uh, semen. However, I think uh, how we are trying to approach this is first, again, establishing your needs of heifers, and then from that, trying to balance in, okay, what proportions, if I want to breed most of uh, my, or a good proportion of my cows and heifers with dairy semen, then you have to figure out what is the proportion of six semen or uh, conventional, if it's still conventional is in your rudder, and then the rest with, with beef semen. There is some, am I going to go to the extreme, as, as Sarah was pointing out, very progressive uh, kind of uh, or aggressive um, reproductive programs that are just saying, hey, this is my minimal amount of heifers that I need. So I'm really going to breed my top, top, top cows and heifers with sex semen and the rest goes to beef so that, that that kind of maximizes still ensures the the, the evolution on the genetic side and getting the control the 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 heifer inventory in control and maximizing the calf value that we have uh, as a beef and i think here and I, i'm going to probably tie it up this with the, the 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 earlier questions you you made andrew in terms of sustainability you know uh yeah we're dairy produce, we're in the dairy production business but at the same time we can use the capability that we have cows to produce uh, you know, a co-product product that is a high-value calf that could be really, uh, you know, put in value and advantage in our industry. And by doing that, just uh, you know, decreasing our footprint and you know, making a better use of resources. So I, I think that's probably you know, putting all together how by paying attention on the genetics and um, selection um, types um, um, use, how we can put all together the heifer inventory, increase sustainability and rentability also, and, and profitability as well. You know, that your, your, your income from selling those high value caps will really uh, increase. And at the same time, you're managing your heifer inventory. So you are not, you know, having over costs in, in that area. So um, that, that, that will be how I, uh, I will uh, suggest people to, to consider and use it, uh, these tools to, to get to, to these objectives.
1: These are a lot of streams of data you mentioned here. (laughs) Um, And you did touch briefly on classification as well. So when it comes to coming up with a selection plan, is that something that farms should look at kind of formalizing amongst their management team? Like, what is it that we're shooting for here? How do you capture all of these streams of data, layer in things that are more subjective like classification and come up with a strategy for your operation?
2: There is selection. There, there is in many, many parts of the of the process. The first, and, and I will, I refer to selecting the heifers to to breed. Right, I think that that was more more your kind of question. So, so from my my heifers again, to classify them using either the conventional uh, in genetic index indexes or even if you want to genotype that will really even give you further detail on wh- what criteria you can you can use and evaluate your heifers. Uh, so Based on that, you can just, you know, uh, kind of organize and, 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 and sort your, your heifers by, by that. Also, uh, making sure, again, I probably make a parenthesis here, that making sure that they're at the right age and at right maturity. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk probably further about that. And, and then, uh, you know, with that, if you need, for example, let's say three or four heifers per month, so, you know that from the opening pool, the eligible heifers from that, you have to select the best two or three ones. And, and then, depending, put one sex semen and the other two conventional, or if there is just two that are very good, but just put six semen there. And then after the, the other part of selection, so that's from, from, from the breeding strategy, then when... You are waiting those heifers, and you you, you bred everybody, and then you're expecting when your list of expecting uh, calves to come, then you can there also do a pre-selection of potential heifers that are gonna come. So those coming from sex, obviously, if you if you have a, a, a you bred a heifer or a cow with sex semen, of course you wanted that heifer, so you wanna keep that heifer. But from those that are still using conventional, then you probably can sort out. Those uh, th- those uh, those cows, and and make sure that when they they are born, you're pre-selecting them. Say, okay, I want if there is a if, if there is a heifer, I will not definitely keep her, and then keep going that way. The other approach is if you have you know heifers right now, and you figure out that you have too many, you can start selecting the heifers that are already standing on your farm, and again you can do that using the genetic information, but also the performance. And I think here it comes again, the importance of evaluating and taking records of your heifers. So we know that many, in addition to genetics, many things in the environment that happen to that heifer can can tell us how she will be as a cow. So growth. Uh, disease incidence on occurrences, right? It could be the best genetic uh, value uh, heifer, but if she got... Uh, she so had been sick twice for pneumonia, and she's facing a, a, a diarrhea right now. Probably, you don't want to keep her because her genetic potential was already uh, so detoured from what she was made to be that maybe it's not a good replacement to keep. And and do that if you are selecting, making through this kind of selection, just do it in the first part of of. Of the of the rearing process because after it's going to cost you too much that it is 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 not efficient. Try to do early selection as as much as you possibly possible can.
0: Now, when you do talk about that data, I think the you know keeping track of you know disease incidences on a yep. heifer is probably relatively easy for a lot of dairy farmers proaction has kind of brought in a lot of these records so therefore yep. you know that may be easy to go back to a cow card and say okay here's here's the information on that right. um you know but th- but then i think you know in our situation what else am i tracking on these heifers well probably not enough like i, I Maybe if we're lucky, we get them weighed when they're born and weighed at weaning. Well, that's probably the only other thing I'm tracking. Like, what else should I be looking? How do I go about? You even mentioned, you know, that that stage of maturity of that heifer. Um, how, how do I know today's the day she's reached maturity? What are, what are some other things I can keep track of? yeah
2: so 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 it's very important in uh, to, to measure growth and performance in general of heifers right our cows were constantly follow them monitoring them we measure uh, body condition score we made we, we know how much milk and what composition is she making however we lose a little bit of track when it comes to to heifers so as you said uh, when we're talking about body weights right very important as you said uh, birth weights very easy to do uh, very easy to handle the, the animal then at winning if you can so that in an individual uh, base uh, it's important for the heifer because you can also evaluate that and use the average daily gain in the first uh, two months or pre-winning to say hey is sh- should i continue investing in this heifer because sometimes it, it, there is no upper uh, apparent illness or treatment but Maybe she's not growing as she, as she might. So probably she has something that is not right. And, you know, I, I think that it's a good approximation to relate performance during early life, which performance, the only thing that the heifer has to do is growth, with performance in the future life as milk production. So that's an important one. After that, you're asking me what you can do. I can, I can tell you do what I did for all my studies, which is weighing heifers every two weeks or every month. Until they they they're ready to go, but I know at the same time that is not practical and you know it's it's too much. Of course, I think that the easiest will be to establish a systematic system that will know you know that you have to have done at at given moments. So, for example, you you're breeding heifers and you, you 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 know she's locked. If you have headlocks for that, so you can you can take those measurements also. However, I think that in addition of, of those individual measurements of, you know, birth and, and winning, you can do at least once a year or twice a year, right? At least a sample, you know, from, from, a, from a herd side, we just need a picture of how is your um, heifer program allowing them to grow. So first, just take a sample of all pens in your, in, in, in your farm. Take a sample of them, uh, three, four, depending on 30 to 40% of, of, of your heifers, and see that that will allow you to establish there is different tools right now. In lactanet. we have one. There is different ones. You have. You can have to your own one in, in which you can you see the, the growth curve of your heifers and see, okay, is this what, what I wanted? I, I may have a, a very good performance here, but not so good there. So that will, will be uh, very instrumental when you're trying to improve your rearing program, right? And, and then maturity is another part, right? So we've seen that for a long time, you may establish in your farms, okay, I'm going to uh, breed heifers for the first time at 13, 14, 15 months. But over the time, over the years, you have been improving your milk uh, phase, for example, or your colostrum, or your uh, nutrition after weaning. So you may have been... Uh, improving and gaining efficiencies growth gains early on and then your heifers are not longer mature at 15 months probably you have when you know uh, your, your heifers have been growing be- better and then they go- the hit maturity at 14 13 months but because you are not measuring them, you are not capitalizing in that investment that you made. So you you may be gaining some efficiencies just by monitoring how things are going. Also, in in the opposite side, you you can probably have unexpected uh, situations, uh, illness, uh, illness breakdowns, uh, low forage quality, or problems with your milk or milk replacer, and you may have draft for what is currently doing. So you have to track that constantly, uh, year after year. I think again, just to put it practical, take a sample of your heifers, build a growth curve, and at least once a year do that. If you if you make a significant change, you can do another time, uh, and, you know, once or twice a year. But uh, I think it's important to at least do it in, in a systematic way once, once a year.
1: So I think you kind of already answered this a bit, but what would you say is the best unit of measure um, for heifers? And if it's weight... <laughs> How are we doing this? Are we talking about just going out there with a the tape and like putting it around them and checking it out, or do you need any special equipment um, to be tracking this properly at the various ages within your herd?
2: Yeah, right. So, so that's a great question, Sarah. So, I think the best unit of heifer, it's their your own cows. So maturity, right? So we there is there is different. Uh, uh, benchmark that we have to keep to best manage heifers. Uh, unfortunately, it's not age. You know, it's it's maturity. So the first thing, in addition to weigh your 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 heifers, as I was telling Andrew, it's very very it's crucial to have a measure of how big are your cows, because mm-hmm. that's really what you know, relatively, you will compare them to. And interestingly, we, we've been uh, doing some me- measurements around some farms in Canada, and it's amazing the kind of diversity and disparity there is between farms. You know, uh, the, the average was, uh, of of uh, herds that we measure was around 70, uh, 176 kilos, so 70, 80 kilos, but the lightest was... 60 uh, 670 kilos and the and the heaviest was a uh, 890 kilos so almost 200 difference between mature herds. So, you know, there is cows, there is herds. As you, you you may understand that. You Sarah, you have some philosophy in terms of breeding. You probably don't have limitations if uh, if your cows get bigger because you have good barns. But there's other producers that probably are still in in their facilities. They don't want a, a big cow. They have other philosophy uh, in terms of breeding. So they be they be keeping their cows small. And, and then. If you're talking me about a three hundred and twenty kilo heifer, I have to know what it's the reference it's an eight hundred and eighty kilo cow or it's in a six hundred and fifty kilo cow because it's very very different so again that's a very important measurement to to take and to consider when you're raising your heifers again for because uh, when you're establishing the moment to inseminate for example we're looking that heifers are 55% of the mature body weight right so that may change depending of how big your cows are and depending also of your rearing program again so that's that's that here it comes the importance of uh, characterizing both your cows and and growth and then um, you were also asking what other metrics are important and how to make, you know, how to measure these, this body weight, right? So far, um, we be I also was uh, running around farms with a, with a scale and putting heifers into scale. That's why I know it's hard and probably <laughs> once a year or twice a year is more than enough. But uh, also, we we took the, the, the time to um, go... Uh, you know, measure with, with with the tape, and the tape seems to be uh, making a, a good enough job for that. Uh, we're gonna propose some some adjustments here and there, but in a practical sense, it's a very good tool. It's easy to use and it's better than nothing. So I think for now, if you don't have a scale, it's fine. Just go and tape them and and take the measurements, but that's a great base to, uh, to, to start with.
0: Now I've got to ask Rodrigo as we get towards the sure. end of this interview. Um, yep. you know, you've been at this for a couple of years now with Lactinet. Um, you know, where else do you see your research going over the next year? Where where are you um, you know, gonna be investing your time um, you know, and some of these resources a- as ways to try to improve profitability, specifically in the heifer programs of dairy farms?
2: Yeah, really good question. I I, I ask myself that uh, almost every day, but um, I think that a big promising route for for at least for myself and 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 how I see it right now is to really uh, evaluate uh, the herford performance. So what, what are the thresholds? What are achievable thresholds? The thresholds that we have most of times are just uh, either educated guesses or are you know not uh, updated enough. So say okay, what what are these thresholds? what should we be looking at, and at least as lactate as we have some resources uh, in terms of information, how we can turn those metrics into more uh, um, proactive uh, indicators that may help you or not say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing well, or uh, here there is an opportunity, and stuff like that. So using more of the data that we have for... Uh, making decisions and helping the making decision pro, uh, process on, on farms. So th- that will be one of, of, of the ideal ones is how we can evaluate, use that information to see where we can really uh, take the most of, of of our rearing programs and probably uh, making some easy ways to calculate uh, rearing cost and um lifetime profitability for instance you know so try, try to make some some tools that will, will really uh, make you producers uh, easier the 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 program uh, really program evaluation so that that will be something more uh, probably it's not rocket science but i think it's something that is really needed in our industry
1: So if we pique some interest in our listeners and uh, they want to get a bit more into this and get involved in the workshops that Lactonet's got going on, um, how can they sign up for the story behind your Heifer Inventory?
2: So yeah, uh, there is. Uh, you can go uh, right now, lactanet.com, uh, uh, and there is uh, some. Uh, you know, uh, will be some uh, indication how to look, go to the workshop webpage, and then you can see the description of that. And if by hearing this podcast or reading or reading what the information we have there, you can register. You just have to click the the, the register icon. And then uh, you can, um, you know, see that there is different times uh, for workshop, uh, workshops, workshops what uh, both offered in French and English uh, in different uh, time zones as well. So uh, and, and there is some even uh, specifics to either robotics or uh, um, organic production also we're trying just to make more specific groups and you can just pick the, the time that is uh, suits you best and register for it it's going to be just uh, each workshop is about two hours long and in there we again we go through the information we discuss data and at, at, at the end we hope that you um, go back home with some um, very useful uh, strategies on how to improve your heifer program and manage your heifer inventory.
0: Well, it's such an important subject, Rodrigo. Thanks so much for uh, not only joining us today, which Sarah and I obviously appreciate, but for just doing the work and bringing such an important issue uh, to the forefront of the dairy industry. Rodrigo Milano from uh, Lactinet, thanks for joining the Canadian podcast. Thanks
2: to you. And uh, yeah, very happy to have had the conversation we had. And I hope that our listeners uh, also appreciate all what we discussed.
1: Well, Andrew, that was pretty interesting. I noticed you've got a sweet little heifer barn going there and all kinds of beauties running around. Are you feeling better equipped to manage these girls now?
0: Um, I, yeah, better equipped, and just um, like keep it at the top of my mind that like heifers need to continue to be a priority. I know it's you know for us. I think I said off the top. You know, we you know over the last number of years, we've we've tried to do a better job with heifer program, kind of you know all the way along, and just maintaining that and and keeping you know inventory is our big challenge so making sure that we always kind of focus on how can we make sure the inventory like for me and i don't know sarah you you tell me like i always have i i do that math that says this many heifers is how many you need and i'm like well that can't be right that's too few like do you ever struggle with that It's kind of uncharted territory. Like when you
1: start to think, okay, I got to reduce it. I'm going to do a a smaller number. It's hard not to just be a little worried and be like, oh, well, what if something happens? What if we need more? Is this the right thing to do? And I think that more and more people are getting into raising a few less and seeing how it goes and I mean, hopefully it works out, but it's still something that you got to do based on your comfort level and uh, give it a try for your farm. And like you said, as with anything in dairy farming, no one size fits all here. So,
0: no, certainly not. But I think, well, you know, one of the key takeaways for me definitely was that like $4,300, um, <laughs> you know, is what it takes to raise that heifer. And you mentioned, you know, off the lactinet, um, you know, kind of annual survey. We got mine too, and. You know, you look at, you know, third lactation before that animal is actually profitable. Like this is, you know, this is where as we find efficiencies, you know, as dairy farmers, this, this is definitely one of the keys for us we're going to be looking at.
1: It hits home a bit too when he's talking about incidences of disease. And I, if you're kind of in a curb season like we're in right now, and you've got a little calf in the barn that's just not doing great, and you've been doing some lines of treatment, it causes you to reflect a little on that and be like, you know, you want to do the best, but at the same time, it's like, how is this going to turn out? So I think these things that he's mentioning about monitoring and growth and making sure that when a calf does have a setback at the start, that she really does. Uh, recover or see how it's going in, in terms of how she's going to do it in the herd when she's an older
0: cow yeah well definitely and and the, and the last point that i thought hit home for me was like you know as dairy farmers you know we think all of our cows are good and that's definitely one challenge i have is like well i don't i can't breed her beef too because she's nice or oh, well, she's pretty good like no we've you know you gotta you gotta sit down and look at the spreadsheet not at her that's what I've got to do better <laughs> strategic management Andrew <laughs> that's right that's right Sarah
1: <laughs> yeah we love them all that's for sure so if you've got some questions or comments on this episode or suggestions for future episodes please don't hesitate to reach out to us we're on Facebook and Twitter just look for the Canadian Podcow you can also write to us at podcast at canadianpodcow.ca uh, we're here for you fellow producers so let us know what you'd love to hear about
0: Yeah, we absolutely would love to hear about what you want to hear. Um, And a big thanks to our guest, Rodrigo Milano of Lacton, I hadn't met Rodrigo before. What a great guest to have. Um, And and a big thanks to our production team, too. We've got Bruce Sargent and Carl Balanger, and of course, our sponsor, the Dairy Farms of Canada.
1: Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, you can also find all our past episodes on canadianpodcow.ca. Until next time.